All right, welcome back to the big program, final hour of the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Time now for our headliner of the day. Uh, brought to you by Mr. Reuter. They are sports fans like all of our listeners and are pumped that Sports Talk Radio is back. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrreuter.ca as we welcome in former NHLer Vernon Fiddler. Uh, Vern, you're with Kevin Carey and your old teammate, David Schlemko. Welcome to Sports 1440. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Slammer, you just got a big grin on your face, eh? Oh, man. How you doing, Feds? <laughs> Been a while, buddy. Good, buddy. Yeah, how are you doing? I haven't seen you in a couple of years. I hope you're doing good. Yeah, it's been a bit. No, I'm doing well. Doing well here, just hanging out in Edmonton. Another Edmonton winter. <laughs> what are you... Uh... I know. We just we just flew in from Dallas yesterday. We're coming in for three games this weekend, so it's uh, it's always nice to get get out in the morning and feel that cold brisk wind yeah it's nice for a weekend <laughs> yeah uh, so Vern you, you flew in well let, let's start there so you flew in to, to see uh, your son Blake play uh, I understand he's kind of feeling a little under the weather but is he good to go for the Oil Kings games this weekend yeah we uh, we don't know yet we feel like uh, it's kind of a game time decision we, we got him uh, some uh, antibiotics this week and um, you know we Chrissy, my wife, said we better get up there and see if we get them fixed up. Grandma did what she could, and mm-hmm. um, you know we we have American Thanksgiving down in the U.S., so it was a good opportunity to get my daughter up here to see him, which she hasn't seen him in probably eight weeks now. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're hoping that he can get in the lineup, but I think for sure uh, he was feeling uh, better this morning. Went to school, so we're hoping that we'll get to watch him tonight. Mm, good, uh, that's awesome, buddy. Uh, what's that been like, kind of you know after? Your- you going through the kind of the same route playing in the Western League? What's it like now, kind of watching your son take the same path? Yeah, you know what? It's 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 awesome. We um, you know we live in the U.S., but we've always had uh, major roots to the Western Hockey League, and you know, obviously Blake watching his his cousin Riley play in in Calgary for the Hitmen. We tried to watch as many games as we can, and then him knowing. You know, I played in Kelowna, and we'd go back in, in the summer to Kelowna for the summers and, you know, skate at the Rockets rink downtown there. And, uh, you know, this major roots with the Western Hockey League. I'm a firm believer that it's the best mm-hmm. development league in the world. And, you know, obviously being in the U.S., there's lots of options, but we just felt with, you know, with the stature of Blake and, uh, you know, that the, the we felt that he wanted, if he, if he wanted to play in the Western League, then that's the route we were going to take. And we were just fortunate enough to get, you know, hooked in with uh, Kurt Hill and the Oil Kings and mm-hmm. Luke Pierce and Serge and all, all the the staff with the Oil Kings have been nothing but great with Blake and our family. So we're very fortunate to be an Oil King. Vern Fiddler with us on Sports 1440. The Oil Kings uh, are home to the Brandon Wheat Kings tonight, 7 o'clock puck drop at Rogers Place. Then Regina, the Pats are here on uh, Friday to take on uh, the Oil Kings as well. So it's been a busy Oh, I guess a month or so for your son, Blake, who is with uh, Canada, with one of the Canada teams, the Canadian teams, at the Under-17 Championship in PEI. He comes home with a gold medal. So what was that experience like for him and for you and your family to watch? Yeah, it was super cool. We were were very excited when he got the news that he would be representing one of the Canadian teams. And, um, you know, it was... It, it's just one of those things where he's he's already at 16, been able to represent both countries this summer in uh, Five Nations tournament for U.S. and then to be able to represent the other country that he holds a passport for was an awesome honor. And 
you know, being in Prince Edward Island, just following the journey, there was obviously some ups and downs along the way, but, um, you know, I felt uh, as the tournament went along, the boys got much better, and to see your son and your, your, your last name on a Canadian jersey is, you know, something that I'll cherish forever because I wasn't ever good enough to play for my country, but uh, living vicariously through my son, uh, it, it was a special moment. And then, you know, they battled hard all week, and, they, you know, they were there 11 days, so... You know, they got off to a tough start, but, um, you know, they kept getting better and better as the tournament went on and ended up capturing the gold against the U.S. team. So um, we were super happy for Blake. And, yeah, it's been a lot on him with the travel and, you know, getting back to Edmonton right on a bus to Regina and out to Brandon and Moose Jaw. But, uh, like I said, he's, he's feeling much better today, and we're just super proud of him and super excited to watch him this weekend. Awesome. So what's Vern up to these days? Uh, I know you were coaching in Kelowna a couple of years ago. Uh, I th- thought I saw you were maybe doing some real estate. Uh, what's life look like for you these yeah. days? Yeah, I, I, I tried the coaching. I, I, we actually went back to Kelowna for a year. They were hosting the Memorial Cup, uh, but that ended up turning into a COVID year. So, um, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed helping the young kids, but you know, with the young uh, young kids in in sports, it's it's hard to miss. You'll know this, Schlemmer. It's hard to miss your kids' activities, and yeah. you know, you, I got caught caught on a few bus trips where it's like, ah, I just want to be at the tournament and enjoying myself. So, uh, you know, it was a great experience for myself and gave us an opportunity to come back to Canada for a year. Uh, but yeah, I've I've dipped myself. I got my real estate license, and nice. um, I've started you know buying and selling properties and you know doing a little bit of residential commercial a little bit of everything i got a great mentor in dallas and uh, he's trying to teach me the ropes and it keeps me busy but also gives me the flexibility to to travel and and watch blake and and be present with my daughter bella's dance and cheerleading hey Vern, isn't alice shemsky doing something similar in dallas as far as real estate goes, yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we actually we I, I see Hammer quite a bit. He's doing uh, they 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 buy um, like like uh, land structures and then they develop them uh, do do uh, residential mm-hmm. builds. They're doing really big uh, like custom home builds, uh, and then they you know they usually flip them before they they they're, they're completed them. So um, yeah, I get to get to catch up with Hammer quite a bit in Dallas. We see each other a lot at the alumni events and talk mm-hmm. real estate now instead of <laughs> drawing up plays on, on the board. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I think 20 years ago I ran into your dad, uh, was, and he was at, was he at Waterloo Ford? Yeah, my dad was in the car business for years. He, he, he bounced around a little bit. Majority at Derek Dodge okay. and Crosstown Motors though. Okay. Yeah. Vern Fiddler with us on uh, Sports 1440. Um, I guess you and uh, Schlemmer kind of had similar paths to the NHL where you weren't drafted and then kind of really had to pound it and work and do everything to, you know, slug it out in the minors for a couple of years before you you got a big break. And, and how did you look at that getting back into your early part of your career, Vern, where you got that break and you took full advantage of it? Yeah, it's uh, you know it's it wasn't an easy road for Schlemmer and I. We, uh, you know, it's 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 about getting an opportunity, and I feel like you know I I got a, an opportunity a little bit later in in my in my junior career, and uh, felt that you know I was a little bit little bit of a late bloomer, but um, you know just kept kept grinding away, and with the support of my parents of you know continuing continuing to encourage me to 
chase my dreams when I thought my dreams were over. Um, you know, ended up starting in the East Coast League after my WHL career and, you know, one one AHL game at a time and then you're playing in the second best league in the world and then you're like, well, I'm chomping at the bit, knocking at the door to try to get one NHL game and then you get that one NHL game and then you want more. So, uh, you know, after a 15-year career, it, it, it did uh, definitely mold me for, you know, a little bit more mental toughness than most and, you know, just continuing to grind and, you know, the the things that you want the most in life are the hardest things to get. So it was one of those things where I just continued to work my ass off and, you know, put in the work when, you know, I felt my, my dreams were coming to an end. But, um, you know, like Schlemmer, we just we continued to pound the, pound the weights and put the work in in the summer and it eventually pays off. And, you know, once you, you, you become a regular in the NHL and you get people on your side, they seem to continue to sign you and give you contracts. So I was very lucky to get, you know, uh, attached to Barry Trotz and David Poyle with the Preds. With they, they gave me a seven-year uh, career in Nashville to kind of springboard board my career. And, you know, and then another eight years after that, uh, you know, plays into a 15-year career. So I was very fortunate to be a part of great organizations and great coaching staffs that believed in me. And, um, you know, there's there's lots of, spots in the NHL and everybody's past different. So uh, I was lucky to be able to play that long. Yeah. I mean, you spoke about mental toughness a little bit there. I think, you know, that's a huge part of it is kind of having it between the ears. There's a lot of really good hockey players out there that don't make it that maybe don't have that mental toughness. Um, I remember working with Saul Miller in junior. I think, I believe that he worked with you guys in Nashville as well. Yeah. I remember he was a, uh, he was a big help for me with the mental toughness parts. Do um, you remember working with him at all? Yeah, Saul was actually a really big, uh, uh, you know, a, a really big influence with me. I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. I was I hadn't scored my first eleven goals in in my second year in Nashville, and he he uh, he got me on the phone. He's like, "Lay down on your bed." So I'm in my hotel room, laid on my bed. He's like, <laughs> "He's like, you're gonna get a breakaway tonight," and he's like, "I want you to." come up with the move in your head right now. Like, I, I don't want you to think of two. I want you to think of one. Sure enough, I get hauled down on a breakaway in Calgary, and I get a penalty shot. And all I was thinking about was Saul Miller in my head, right? So that kind of mental edge. <laughs> he's like, I got, like, that little angel on my shoulder of Saul Miller. And, you know, he's a pretty unique-looking guy telling me to do my – my one and only move that I had, and I did, I, you know that move, Schlemmer oh, back yeah. on shelf, I used it, and I scored on Kipper, so. Nice. I still tell that story <laughs> out time to my son. <laughs> uh, Vern Fiddler, uh, former NHLer, uh, former teammate of David Schlemko, our guest on Sports 1440. Uh, Vern, how how often do people remind you of the video with you and uh, Kevin Bieksa and Elaine Vigneault? <laughs> it's 10, 11 years ago now, maybe a bit more. I mean, it... it it, when it came out, people. Well, I mean, the reaction of Elaine Vigneault on the bench that 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 Classic. says it all. So, so you must yeah. get get you must get uh, people talking to you about it all the time. Yeah, that's like my claim to fame. Claim to fame, Kevin. It's yeah. been uh, <clears throat> and then living in Kelowna in the summer. It was against the uh, Vancouver Canucks, so like that's all the people saw, right? <laughs> but yeah, I get I get reminded of it quite often. I was actually in uh, Toronto last weekend for Ken Hitchcock's um, mm. Hall of Fame party, and Elliot Friedman was there, who spends a lot of time with Kevin now. 
uh, on on uh, Hockey Night in Canada, and we were talking about how how we could put something together on Hockey Night in Canada, and <laughs> and maybe uh, reenact it somehow. But yeah, it's it, it was a it was a funny situation. You know, me and me and Kevin had come up to the minors together and played against each other. I always played hard against each other. I always, you know, not big fans of each other, but. Um, one of our teammates, Dan Hamus, at the time, he told we were night night before dinner. He said, or night before the game, we were all for dinner. He said, you know, if you and Kevin were teammates, you'd be best friends. You know that. I'm like, no chance. I hate the guy, and <laughs> and, and then he slashed me on the top of the foot, and we were yapping back at each other. And then he was on the bench, so I decided to go by the bench and, <laughs> and mock him a little bit. And I, Vigneault really thought that was something else. So I thought it was, the funnier part was the two trainers in the hallway in between our benches. They were down on their hands and knees laughing. So they, they didn't get them on TV. <laughs> So, like, when you, how did it all come about? Like, was it just off the cuff, or did you kind of know you were sort of going to do that face? I guess the impersonation, or I don't know. Well, no, he was, he was, he was doing that to me about two minutes earlier on the ice because he slashed me, and I went back at him and hit him, and then we were yapping, and he kind of gave me the bitter beer face. <laughs> so then, then, then he ended up changing it, and I, I, I was looking for him, not that I was going to fight him because he. He'd probably swallow me alive, um, but I, I just wanted to, you know, keep keep him fired up. And I went by the bench and kind of mocked him, but I had no idea Sportsnet was watching us. And then Alan Vigneault took off, and I mean, it's been that was my claim to fame. Nobody even knows I I played almost 900 yeah. games in the NHL. It's all about the making Vigneault laugh. <laughs> Well, well Slemmer, you must have a comment on that. I mean, holy. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I remember all the boys around the league, too, loved it. I mean, because what? BX was all, he was always known as what? The sheriff? Oh, the guys yeah. called him. He's always trying to be the policeman yeah. out there. So, yeah, that was great. <laughs> and I actually just looked at the video again this morning because I hadn't seen it for probably, I don't know, four or five, six years. And it just, you start crying every time you see Vigno's face. Yeah. It just. <laughs> oh. well, has your has your son has Blake ever seen that? What's he say? Oh yeah, he's he always you know people send it to him and he you know they bring it up every <laughs> once in a while. We we were walking around last time I was here. We were walking in the mall somewhere and some guy came up to me and said, "Hey, can you give us a BX face?" And my, my my son's looking at me like, "Dad, you've been retired like five years. Like they're still bringing this up." <laughs> Uh, we got text coming in to one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Vern Fiddler, David Schlemko, Kevin Carries on Sports fourteen forty. This one comes from the pest uh, to you, Vern. Is Vern ever going to run any more charity golf tournaments? Uh, what a tournament that was! Uh, can you kind of expand on that one? Where it was, what it was for, and will you ever kind of get back in the uh, charity tournament game? Uh, that was a great. Yeah, time. you know what we. Yeah, Schlemmer, you participated. <laughs> uh, we had uh, we had it. I had a local golf course just out uh, um, south of my house, Pioneer Meadows. They actually tore the golf course down. That's why we stopped doing it. But uh, I lost my sister to leukemia um, years ago, and in her honor, we would raise money for kids to. We'd send terminal kids to Disneyland every year. Whether if we raised, you know, one hundred fifty thousand, we'd find, you know. 20 families and send them to Disneyland so they could make some memories with, uh, you know, whoever was fighting the battle in, in mm-hmm. their family. And um, all my friends and family would all come together and, and chip in one way or another. And 
uh, at the same time, we'd get to golf a little bit and have some fun on the golf course. And then at the end, we'd have a big auction and try to raise as much money as we could, could to help out the, you know, the, the people that are battling leukemia. And uh, it was a great cause. And, you know, with the golf course closing down, we, we just we, we stopped doing it. But um, I actually, in, in, the, in Dallas, Texas, we do have one in the works for uh, mid-May. Um, so if anyone uh, wants to participate in that one, reach out to me, you know, via social media or whatever. I'm more than happy to have you down to Dallas. But as far as Edmonton, I don't know. Maybe, you know, a few years down the road we can we can look at something. But uh, as of right now, it'll be just in Dallas. Hmm. Yeah, that was a good time, that tourney. Good time, good cause. I remember I think I brought one friend the first year, and I think I had one or two groups in it the next year. We had, we had that yeah. good of a time, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It, it would sell out the night. It would sell out the day of the the tournament for the next year. So we were pretty, pretty fortunate to have so many people bless us with their help and sponsorships and things like mm. that. Uh, I always Vern when we have guys like you know uh, Coast as in Dave, or we have Grant Fear on 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 Tuesdays and Laddie Schmeeds on on Thursdays. When when they bring a former teammate on, I always say, okay, the mic's yours. You can ask. You know, in this case, you can ask Schlemmer anything, and Schlemmer, you can ask Vern anything. So if if you guys can think of something that you would kind of go back to the days you played together or even training together or even this golf tournament. So, uh, Vern, if you want to go first, or Dave, if you want to go first, uh, the floor is yours, uh, you guys. I'll go first. <laughs> <laughs> well, Vern was always, uh, always tips boy. In, in Phoenix, I was, I was his number one. So I want to know what kind of dirt you have on tip. <laughs> oh God, oh jeez. Yeah, I, I used to take it. Tip, tip used to play me way too much. Didn't he, Schlemmer? He used to call me uh, T, TJ Tip Junior. Ray, Ray Whitney. Oh no. Ray Whitney used to say to me, "I'd come off the ice. He'd say, are you tired, Fitz?' I go, "Oh, I'm really tired." He's like. Yeah, you played 21 minutes tonight. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, uh, you know, me and Tip were very similar players, and uh, he, he, uh, I think we we were very identical in the way we played the game, and uh, you know the style of play we had in Phoenix. I, I obviously, uh, you know, played tons mm-hmm. of minutes, defensive role, but uh, he he was definitely good to me, and he helped me get a new contract. So I'll, I'll be grateful for Tip, but I don't have any dirt on him, Slammer. <laughs> no, no, I was just kidding. <laughs> have you have you got one for Slammer, Vern? Jeez, now you put me on the spot. Um, geez, there were a couple Halloween parties, Slammer. I don't even know if you remember them, but uh, <laughs> good times, bud. You know, good times. I, I don't got. I, I don't. I don't know. We had we had a lot of fun, and then Schlemmer actually came to Dallas. Uh, I think that was kind of the end of your both of our careers. We had a little bit of a stint there in Dallas too, didn't you? Yeah. Well, that was almost the end of my career. It would have been if I didn't get out of there and go to Calgary at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, Lindy Ruff didn't like me too was, much. Schlemmer was always a lot of fun to play with. Kept it light and. He always he always drank the most uh, most beer on the plane too. Yeah, <laughs> uh, put on your surprise face. Uh, hey, hey, Vern, really really appreciated you coming on today. We had a lot of good laughs and uh, and you know what? You really enjoy the weekend watching uh, your son, and you get to spend I guess American Thanksgiving 
uh, up here in Canada. So uh, thanks for coming on. Enjoy the Oil Kings uh, game tonight and uh, Friday. And then are you going to go to Calgary on the weekend then for game three? Yeah, we're gonna okay. head down to Calgary and then and then head out from Calgary on Sunday. So. Okay. Well, and uh, Kevin, I will say, I've always been a big fan of your. I always watched you on Global as a young kid, and oh. uh, you know, even in coming back in uh, the summer. So uh, it was an honor to uh, be asked to to come on your oh, radio wow. show today. So oh, wow. you appreciate the kind. This is just this a love in week. <laughs> wow. I, I'm on. I'm just on cloud nine here. Thanks, Vern. <laughs> Really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on and uh, have fun uh, this weekend watching Blake play. Thanks, Feds. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you, Slammer. Yeah. yeah. That's Vern care, Fiddler, the uh, headliner of the day, Vern Fiddler for Mr. Rooter. There's a reason they call him Mr. For all your plumbing needs, you can go to mrrooter.ca. Man, that was a lot of fun. And isn't it great when you just a little thing like the, the BX Vino clip or whatever you want to call it? He just embraces it, you know. Oh yeah, you know. Oh, look how happy you are right now. I well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a long time, you know. The, again, that's a guy that grew up here, and, and again, I talked to, I did something with Vern. I think it was, I, I, I'm pretty sure it was right around when he broke into the NHL, and he was coming for his first games here. Yeah, and his dad was, I, his dad might have been in the rink, it might have been at, at Rexall, or somehow maybe we went to the dealership. But it's like it's over twenty some years ago. Yeah. So that, but I do remember talking to his dad about uh, you know Vernon making you know maybe making his first NHL game okay. playing yeah. playing the first NHL game in Edmonton. No, Fitz is a yeah. great guy, great leader, awesome with the young guys, mm-hmm. great in the room. That's why he had a nice long career. Just want to mention the Oilers lines for tonight in Carolina. It looks like Warren Fogle up to the top line now, which didn't make a lot of sense. He was the only guy. When Chris Knobloch came in, he gets bumped to the bottom six. Out of all the guys that could have been up there, Fogel <laughs> deserved it. Fogel yeah, deserved yeah. it. Uh, then it's Kane, RNH, and Hyman, so that stays the same. Vogel uh, with McDavid and Drysaddle. Uh, Matthias Janmark looks like he'll draw back in with McLeod and Ryan, and then Ernie, Gagne, Hamlin, and Brown rotating in on the fourth line that comes from Tony Brar from Oilers TV. Now, on the defense, what do you think of this? Nurse and Kulak. Interesting. Ekholm, Bouchard, Broberg, Deharnay, and Cece rotating in. Interesting. So, I mean, Cody Cece on the bottom, I guess, three out of the two guys going for, forward. Yeah. Are they going to do 11-6? Are they, That's what I was just going to say. 12-6. I assume they're going 12-6 tonight. I would think so. Yeah. So who's out up front then? Probably either Ernie or Gagne. Yeah. I would imagine. I mean, Gagne sat out last game when they went 11-7, so we'll see what happens. Uh, We're going to digest that a little more and dissect it a little bit more when we come back. And plus, Dolly Parton playing tomorrow. Does it get any better than that, dude? (laughs) Uh, When we come back, Carrie Schlemko in Sports 1440. Stay with us. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh... 1026, Carrier Schlemko, Sports 1440. Just want to run down tomorrow's quick lineup. Uh, 720 will be Vern Fiddler. 740, Vern Fiddler. 8 o'clock, <laughs> Spectre's out. Vern Fiddler comes in for 8 o'clock. 820, Vern Fiddler. And basically for the next four hours, Vern Fiddler. Oh, it's kind of nice, wasn't it, eh? Nice. I like a little tire <laughs> pump on a Wednesday morning, eh, Kev? Yeah, I love it. Uh, Sean texts in 1833401440. Forty. Vern Fiddler had the best golf tournament in Edmonton. Fiddler fights cancer every summer. 
every tee box had some sort of drinks and entertainment. <laughs> Golf course is gone now and the tourney is no more, but I've never been to one like it since. Sean. Oh, was a good time. Oh, man. <laughs> I just about said E.I. Nate again. <laughs> L. Nate, CC has probably been our most steady defender this year, and he's out of the top four, and Bouchard stays. This is what we fired Woody for. What are we doing here? you got to go 11-7, play Bouch much less, ozone starts, and power play. That's it from L. Nate. Also had some uh, emails come in. You can shoot me off an email at... Uh, Kevin at sports1440.ca. Uh, and uh, always like to get those as well, Schlemmer. This one comes from JBet. Kevin, please ask Schlemmer, as a player, when you see a teammate struggle like Bouchard, would you hope or want to see him get a break and get things back in the press box? Would you want to see him have a game off, go watch from up top? What's... What's the pros, the cons, the ins, or the outs on that? Because it's sometimes a dangerous situation to do to do that to a player. Yeah, I was going to say, as a teammate, you just want to see the guy get out of the funk. But as far as healthy scratching a guy, sending him to a press box, a player of that caliber, I think it, it depends a lot on his personality. Right? Some guys mm-hmm. can take that well and go up in the press box and watch from up top and you know the game looks a lot slower from up there you realize maybe you got another second to move the puck but there's some guys that won't take it well and you know they're maybe like a mental midget so to Mm -hmm. speak and that's gonna throw them out of whack for a week and maybe they get worse so So what about like say Patrick Liney that's a good example here so Patrick Liney was you know healthy scratched for one game, he's back tonight. It's the Fantilli Bedard, uh, I guess, showdown tonight. Right? Is that correct, Duke, Chicago, and uh, Columbus? So, but so Lion- we'll, we'll see how he bounces Lion- back yeah. from that, right? Uh, how how would a guy like Liony do you think respond? Well, it's embarrassing. First mm-hmm. of all, I mean, you'd hope he'd come out and and be flying. I think uh, a guy like that, a player like that, he's probably getting healthy because he's a little casual, a little bit lazy. You know, he's full of talent, wicked shot, so I'd expect him to be out with some good skating legs, a lot of energy, and maybe a little more physical than he usually is. What would you say, what's your reaction, and we had a couple of texts about Cody CC. If he's not in the top four, Bouchard still is. Yeah. What's your reaction to that? Well, I wanted to touch on that, just the steady, because you hear this all the time, and I, I think the same thing about DeHarnay as these big guys that can defend well one-on-one it doesn't mean they're steady they have to defend a lot because they don't move the puck well and they don't make good reads and they don't make good decisions Mm -hmm. yes you don't get beat one-on-one but i mean i even i think the same thing you can even extend that out to darnell nurse he's a great defender one-on-one but he's in front of the net in the d zone he gets caught puck watching gets lost out there so i think there's a lot of big heavy D in the league that gets seen as oh he's steady but what is steady does that mean you can you can defend <laughs> one-on-one or but can you make a breakout pass or do you look steady because you're always defending in your own zone text one 401 big oil in the mat Kulak deserves that chance he's been one of the steadiest D men on the team Watch Carolina dump the puck into Bouchard's corner all night and he will peel away and give up possession because he is terrified to engage. 
physically, how this guy keeps getting a chance is beyond me. That seems to be a lot of the consensus feeling on Bouchard. Well, he's just frustrating to watch, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought going back to the Tampa game there, I thought two of those goals were strictly on him. But then he comes down in the third period and he can score on a wrist shot from just inside the blue line, right? There's not a lot of guys that, mm-hmm. <laughs> that can bring that skill set. So, I mean, if he's just an average skilled player that's making some of the defensive gaffes he's making, I mean, he's not in the lineup. Yeah. But there's not a lot of guys that can bring what he brings offensively. Question comes in. We got this a little bit later before. Hey, guys, any chance Gavin McKenna, who we've talked about on this program a couple yep. weeks ago with Willie Desjardins because he plays in Medicine Hat. He, too, was at the under-17. I believe he was on the other team that uh, Blake Fiddler was on, uh, the two Canada entries, red and white. Yep. Any chance Gavin McKenna can make the under-20 world junior team? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I haven't seen him play this year in Medicine Hat, so uh, I'm not really sure mm-hmm. on that one. I, I don't think he can. I don't think he's at the level of where, as a 16-year-old, when you can, you have to be a damn good player as a 16-year-old. Not saying he isn't. No, he's, he's a very good player. He's a damn good player, but, but you've got to be almost generational, yeah, right? You're almost dominate, dominating as a 16-year-old to play in this tournament. Yeah, There's I mean, just too many guys that are Who better. played at 16? Crosby well, played at yeah, 16. I mean, who McDavid, else? Bedard. McDavid. I mean, you have guys that have played, but it's few and far between because there's so many great players that are 18 and 19. Right. So, it's a tough goal. I would say no, but you never know. Uh, back to the uh, another good uh, uh, nickname, Gary Suitcase Smith, the old goalie from Northside Lou. <laughs> I could have been called Suitcase too, so I don't know. That one hits home a little bit. <laughs> you you only played for four different teams, Slimmer? Six. Six. <laughs> Ooh. That is, but I mean, that doesn't compare to, uh, I mean, there's uh, Court uh, Sillinger played for mm-hmm. like, Half the league. Ten, 10 or 11, I think, is the record, yeah. yeah. I was seven if you include Vegas. I didn't play a game for them. Just got the expansion draft and flipped the next day. Yeah. So we won't count Vegas. We won't count Vegas, <laughs> but uh, do you wish you'd got a chance to actually, like, suit up? I mean, not but outside of, like, playing in Vegas and all of the allure that comes with that, but, like, when you saw all the guys, or did you, like, know when you got picked, yeah, they're trading me right away? Yeah, I knew. So I knew the day before that I was getting picked, and I knew that I was, there was, like, a 90% chance that I was getting flipped to Montreal. So, I mean, it would have been cool to be in Vegas. It's, it's pretty tough to watch him go to the cup final yeah. for <laughs> the first year after you get flipped. But uh, I no, always, I, I never even talked to any of them, honestly. <laughs> like, they didn't even call me. I didn't get a phone call. Like, no, like maybe a hat, nothing. Well, who phoned you to say you were traded? Like, how did that, like, someone uh, phoned you from there? No. Bergevin okay. called me from Montreal to tell me that they traded for me. But uh, yeah, I never yeah. talked to anyone, <laughs> anyone from Vegas. Mm-hmm. I always think of, uh, I did a MC gig over 20 years ago. It was for, I think it was for the, uh, I think the Bantam All-Star game here. No, so I it was in, you know, maybe you were even in there. It was more than that. It was like probably 99, but Brian Benning was the, the guest speaker. Oh, yeah. So I was, I introed Brian Benning and I was like, I said, here's Brian Benning, the suitcase. I, I was like, <laughs> you know, I played for, you know, the Oilers, Florida, L.A., St. Louis, da 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 And I thought I was being so smart and, you know, this is what the, the kids want to hear, da 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 Benning gets up to the mic and says, Carius, 
how many games in the NHL did you play? <laughs> I was like, I felt like such a piece of crap. It was, you know, and then we've become pretty good friends, Brian and I. So, um, it's a pretty good comeback. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's uh, like the ultimate trump card that all you pro athletes possess yeah. over any pigeon that tries to chirp you online, on the street, whatever is like, how many NHL games have you played? The answer is almost always zero, not yes. even close. So yeah, it's the ultimate trump card. Uh, Tigers fan that says we have to remember that McKenna is still 15 until December 20th. So he's still, he's a 16 year old hockey All right. player, but pretty young, man. That's incredible. So he's still got a couple of years till his draft. Oh, here. yeah. Like he's a late draft pick. So, I mean, that's, that's a, like, a, that's a special player at this time. Yeah. And again, he's been, he's from Whitehorse. Yeah. He's so gone. coming up, you know, coming up or coming down, I guess, to, to play you know, major junior at this age, even to be away, you know, that, that yeah, well, he's been away tough. for years. Yes. He's played at uh rink Kelowna for two or three years before yeah. he even went to medicine hat. Here's one for you from Marty uh, Schlemmer. Why not try Bouchard at forward? Have him play D on the power play. We've, I've heard a lot of people mention just, that actually. And they always bring up Brent Burns. Because yeah. Burns but, started out as a forward, but Burns, you can skate yeah. for a big guy. I don't and see he's Bouch- physical. I don't see Bouchard really. Being an impact mm-hmm. player as a forward. Duke, you got, you got My, the, the red light on, like, man. This this confuses me when people ask this, and you can weigh in on this more, uh, Schlemmer. Like, if a guy is struggling to play defense at a position he has played his probably close to entire life, changing positions on him, how is that going to make it easier on him to play better? Well, And, like, all of a sudden you're taking away the one thing he does know how to do, which is work the puck from the point in the offensive zone. You're asking him to go, like, people say he can't play the corners in his own zone. You think he's going to be going into the corners in the offensive zone? Like, that that makes no sense to me. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. It doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense <laughs> to me either. And honestly, like, guys don't even like doing it. Like, I remember playing with Burnsy. Like, he was back on D when I played with him. But he told me, he's like, no, they just told me I was playing forward. I didn't even, I never even wanted to do it. <laughs> um, this comes in from Brugie. Brugie again. Um, Schlem, don't forget when TNH picked you up off waivers for four years. What's that? <laughs> TNH? TNH. That's Thursday night hockey, oh, guys, again. All right, here we go. Uh, I spent enough time on waivers in the NHL. We don't need to bring up waivers for, t- for TNH. Uh, Tiger also says Wendell Clark played forward in the pros, but in junior and on Team Canada, he was a D-man. I didn't know that. Well, Did you know well, that? Oh, yeah. Well, I, w- I played against Wendell Clark for many years. Oh, yeah? Yeah, uh, growing up because he was at Notre Dame College. He, he used to have right. an old... Well, like all the Clark boys from Kelvington were like obviously tough and well, everyone from Kelvington stuff, but... He used to have an old football helmet when he played at Notre Dame. Really? <laughs> yeah. He and but he was like a tank, and he had, like he had a wrist shot in Bantam that was, you know, from center ice. It's you know it's ringing it off the glass hard. Right. You know, it's like guys, guys couldn't shoot like that. You know, off had, a wooden twiggy. Wow. <laughs> like I mean, like he you know his fingers were like pork sausages. His wrists were like guys' ankles. That's how you know he's just a. A freak. It's the big sassy well, boy. Well, he's like a, a farmer that, like, he's throwing bales at eight years old in their alfalfa bales, Duke. Heavy ones. Heavy ones. At uh, those those tough Saskatchewan uh, harvest seasons, probably some wet ones, too. 
Yeah, the rain, oh, yeah. tough to get dry hay out in that. Well, I, there was a, I mean, there's an old, uh, it's a story, it's a longer story on TSN, I think. They talked about the Calvington fastball team. Okay, I haven't uh, seen it. So, well, they grabbed, like, guys like Kelly Chase. We had Chaser on, like, from Porcupine playing. All these guys from northeastern Saskatchewan played on a fastball team. Joey Koser, uh, Wendell, Chase. Uh, there's about four other guys that, that – so if they weren't winning the game, they were winning something else. How's that sound? Yeah. Uh, we got a couple <laughs> other texts. Right. Other couple texts. I think one re- re- regarding um, – Bob Ridley for you coming up. Oh, love Reds. Your, your old bus driver in Medicine yeah. Hat. Uh, we'll close things out with uh, David Schlemko, Kevin Carries on Sports 1440. Stay with us. This is a total love-in today, Duke. A total love-in. I mean, we got it from Vern, and now Tigers fan texts in to Schlemmer and says, does Schlemko remember when Bob Ridley called it the Schlemko Shuffle? <laughs> when he'd make his signature move in shootouts. Yeah, I do remember that. So that was the uh, the same move I did in Calgary on uh, Tuker Ask. I kind of mastered it in junior. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Bob Ridley gave it the nickname, the Schlemko Shuffle. Um, Brad says, actually, Wendell played D in Saskatoon. I think that's kind of what we said. Didn't we say that? That's what you said, yeah. Yeah, D and then moved to forward. Yeah. So I think that's what You just we, said it backwards. You we, said he played forward in the NHL and D oh, and Jr. Okay. Yeah. Well, close enough. Yeah. I said the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's a here's a tough one from the Big M. David, where are your top three places to eat? Where were they? Top three places to eat across the league on the road. Across the league on the road. I mean, Ooh. you're probably going with a city. Yeah, because I cities. Say, I go with cities yeah. or maybe restaurants. Um, Chicago is a great one. Uh, Montreal is a great one. And probably New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are probably the three best I'd say to go. Oh, Vancouver's really good too, actually. <laughs> Vancouver's got lots of good seafood. Yeah. Uh, Norman, a combine says, and we did discuss this with Grant Fuhrer a couple of weeks ago because Fuhrer's involved with the three ice, uh, the three on three kind of league that goes on in the States. Okay. Boys, I, I watched the men's three on three last night on the TV. Joe Mullen, Guy Carbon over coaches. They had 16s. Fuhrer's one of the coaches in this league. That's where Bouchard belongs. No defense, all offense. <laughs> I was wondering where that was going. <laughs> you always know where it's going, don't you? Um, Where's the one? Uh, 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 I can't find that one. Uh, where, where was the one about the farming? Which that was from the rig. Oh, that was from the rig. Okay, yeah. Uh, this comes another. Guys are on you a little bit here. I love uh, this is from the rig. I love Schlemmer's silence when you guys are doing farm talk. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely clueless. Cool, you guys man. are catching on to that, are yeah. you? Yeah, <laughs> definitely a city kid. <laughs> At this point of the year, though, Duke, you, you, everything's kind of buttoned down for the year down at the, at the Hacienda in Delburn? Or well, this, this nice weather we've had here over the course of November has lent itself to um, if anybody maybe was a little bit late getting crop off or some straw left that had to be bailed. Like the lack of snow, a uh, few kind of nice windy days, sunshine, like anybody that had anything left over, uh, I would hope, has certainly got it wrapped up. Like mm-hmm. when I was home a couple weekends ago, we were pounding like gate posts in through the uh, in through the clay and it like at this time of year, you'd kind of expect the ground to be frozen already, yeah. but they were going in like it was uh, through quicksand. So, mm-hmm. a that was bad because then I had to build fence uh, all afternoon, and uh, <laughs> it was a nice brisk 
fall afternoon and pound some eight inch spikes in yeah. but uh but i mean hey it had to get done so i appreciate the weather cooperating for a little bit longer but otherwise yeah pretty well everything's wrapped up maybe some people starting to to ship out some contracts uh from grain or whatever but yeah a nice chill time getting the kettle brought in off the <laughs> off the range for the fall any comment on that schlemmer <laughs> well building fence okay like i do know a lot of farmers okay like this is something that you seems like farmers do every day. This is a never-ending task is just going and fixing fence, it building fence. never, <laughs> ever ends, especially when you've got the, the type of cattle that we yeah. have, which are just the most ignorant animals you'll ever come across. Like, they, they are so dumb, but yet at the same time, they are so smart because if you fix a like, patch of fence, they know where the patch is, so they know it's weaker there automatically. And this is like on a barbed wire fence or something. But... Like you can, they they get out. You chase them back in, fix it. They will have weaselled their way right back through it again the next day. Or if you did a good, really good job fixing it, they will just walk the whole line. Like they have more than enough food, so, bedding, whatever. Are you? Did you say it wasn't a barbed wire fence? In this situation, what I'm okay. talking about is because like that's what always needs fixing is right. barbed wire fence. Yes. The, um, where, where like I was building plank fences, like corral fences last weekend, which oh. they get broken more than often enough yeah. too. Whether it be you run into them with the. Uh, the axle on the tractor tire because you don't have the duels on in the winter time or <laughs> sticks out an extra foot and a half, which, hey, guilty, been there, or yeah, yeah. broken off a few gateposts. But, yeah, it never ends. Uh, Shlemko, if you're looking to get a little more <laughs> insight into farming, watch. Um, what the, Farming for love. No, not, far, <laughs> not farming for love. The Jeremy Clarkson show on uh, Prime, his farming show, Clarkson Farms, that's what it's called. It's on Amazon Prime, Jeremy Clarkson of Top Gear. Okay. Uh, he starts his farm in the UK, and at first he has sheep, and then in season two he gets a few cows, and it is it is laugh-out-loud funny because yeah. he, he literally, it'll be one scene. They'll be like, we got the cows back in, we fixed the fence, and that was that. And then cut scene, 10 minutes later, they're out again over into the neighbor's field, whatever. So it's, uh, anybody that has not watched that program, I strongly recommend it. Very funny. I'll check it out, too. What kind of uh, post pounder uh, setup have you got out there when you're doing the? Thankfully, like, I don't have to do them by hand. Okay. Um, can, can explain that to Schlemmer because I don't think he, I've seen that. I've seen the. I've the seen hand, the manual okay. hand. Okay. Okay. Wow. The things on the the two handles. Yeah. Uh, or if you're really uh, really slumming it, like out in the middle, you've just got your post mall and you're standing on an empty five gallon pail, yeah. trying to swing it over the top and though that's really hard. But no, yeah. we have got a a nice hydraulic. Uh, I think it's called a high and heavy hitter the same post pounder that almost removed my finger uh, a number of years ago but oh, really oh oh yeah i mean you've never seen the kevin my yeah, finger is I've like seen, a, i've seen you it, call yeah. my pork sausage yeah, fingers this yeah. was the biggest culprit uh, when i'm mashing the buttons wrong uh, <laughs> but yeah it does it's got like a nice you can tilt it slide it back and forth a little bit got a nice arm that comes around and grabs the post we're uh, we're living all right in that regard because farming having, for love having baby. a bad post pounder <laughs> makes a bad job even worse so having a nice one is good Text one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Hey Dave, where did you grow up when you were little in Edmonton? What sports did you play when you were younger besides hockey? Mundare Larry. Mundare Larry. Um, I grew up in Clareview in Fraser, northeast uh, side of Edmonton. I grew up playing hockey, golf, baseball. Loved baseball mm-hmm. as a kid. Uh, loved baseball just as much as hockey, probably, but. Uh, once uh, the spring hockey stuff, all that starts, you got to kind of pick one. And yeah. I guess I picked the right one. I think you did. 400 <laughs> NHL games will tell you that. Uh, on the subject of that, did you ever play fastball? 
Uh, is that like underhand? That's underhand, yeah. It's a windmill fastball. No, 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 I played okay. hardball. Little different because, you know, you go to, in Irma, so just kind of by Viking. Yeah. Irma is one of the top fastball areas going in yeah. a small little village hamlet. Tiger sent a thing in earlier. Hey, Kelvin, uh, there is a fastball pitcher uh, because we had Fiddler on. Yeah. A guy named Ole Fiddler was one of the best there ever was. He was yeah. from Minot. And I remember this guy growing up because back, you know, 50 years ago, there were guys like Gene McGuilly and uh, um, uh, Eugene Emberley. These guys, there was a f- professional fastball league in kind of Western Canada. They had a team out of Camrose. Uh, The Camrose Merchants, I believe they were. But they had Saskatoon. They had the Regina Molsons, sponsored by Molsons. But these guys were all pro. They were paid to play fastball. That's uh, awesome. Which was uh, unheard of back then. Yeah. I remember my parents played, like, modified fast pitch. I remember, like, you couldn't windmill it, but it was still kind of coming on a straight plane, not like slow Mm -hmm. pitch. Yeah. Well, a lot of guys, some of the old, old guys would pitch called orthodox. And basically, they would, they would just spin it so hard. They all they never wound up. They would just take their wrist and spin it in. And there was so much spin on the ball, you'd hit it and basically just pop it up. It would oh, never, yeah. You'd pop it up to the infield. Um, Interesting. What's this Clarkson's Farm thing all about, Duke? You, uh, this is from well, Jana, longtime happy listener. Is this a, this by Delburn or what? Uh, no, Jana's, uh, as the name implies on the contact, longtime happy listener, active on our social media on Twitter too. But yeah, she just said Clarkson Farms laugh on the floor, uh, like roll on the floor, <laughs> laughing funny, which yeah, exa- and season three, probably going to be the last of the, um, of the series mm-hmm. coming up here. But yeah, two seasons out on prime right now. Like I said, whether you're into farming or not, like it is just so funny and it's different because farming in the UK is different than here. So right. even if you are a farmer here it gives you a little bit of a different perspective kind of a world view on how things operate on a smaller scale so it's it's just very funny like Jer- anybody that's ever watched top gear or the grand tour knows that jeremy clarkson is a very funny uh man and doesn't really hold back very much he says what he wants mm-hmm. and what he means and uh and just the farming aspect of it is uh, is very humorous you know it's funny you say a name and all of a sudden these texts come in glenn jevney this is from uh, oliver steve another great fastball player glenn jevney was outstanding played for the national team uh tiger goes i cannot believe that you know gene mcguilly he was my favorite <laughs> player and my hero when i was growing up uh everyone would stand around and lean on the fence and watch him pitch that's how i mean he would just he was a big guy he was a mountain of a guy and those guys the other thing too in fastball dave your arm never got sore because, you know, guys would throw in baseball, they throw, well, now you throw 70 pitches, you're gone. Yeah. But guys back in the day, you throw 120 pitches and your arm would get sore. Yeah. Guys could throw hundreds, oh, like at a tournament. It. They just, you know, just the, the, the mechanics of a, of a windmill pitcher. Did you play fastball? Yeah, I actually batted against this other guy, this Eugene Emberley, when I was a young, young kid in Minot, I was 14 years old. Got it in the bar though too as a fourteen year old. That was a, I was happy about that. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure the, the standards were very tough. It was twenty one? No, no, it was in Minot. Oh, it was in Minot. I, I batted against him in Minot. I think I was fifteen. What's and, that? North Dakota? Yeah, Minot, oh, North okay. Dakota. It was a tournament, and but so twenty one was the age. But you go in with all men. I was playing with men, and I just kind of weaseled in, ordered myself a, <laughs> a PBR, and it was all good. Nice. <laughs> Farmer Brad says we have. A similar pounder made by Anderson Duke. Father-in-law crushed a couple of fingers, tough as nails, kicked me off the tractor to run the pounder, finished the job, then to the hospital to get his hand fixed. 
that's that's life on the farm yeah i was solo when i hit my uh, <laughs> hit my hand um and it was like i didn't like crush it on the top i kind of drug it down the side a long story to explain it all but and then so i was at home by myself and i was like not in the yard mm-hmm. but i like looked at my hand I was obviously just bleeding everywhere i like come around turn off the tractor turn off the pounder and walk like the i don't know a few hundred yards back to the house and drove myself uh to the hospital the good thing was it was the last post like i was done i'd finished um on that last one that i had smushed my finger with so uh, and then yeah d- uh, boy, skin, skin graft uh, reconstructive surgery later and it's uh you know mostly functional it's not pretty still grows hair out of it right on the base like on the front of my finger very weird so why why didn't you take the tractor back to the house uh because if you know anything about like this track this old forty twenty john deere those that listening understand it um operating them with one hand is no treat uh, the gear shifts oh, okay, are extremely okay. complicated complicated if you're if you're not familiar um and it like I said it wasn't that far and by the time i would have got the tractor turned around etc off the fence line it was easier just to walk down and keep the uh trying as much blood in my hand as possible at that point in time because it was coming out at a pretty rapid pace a couple gotcha. other uh texts uh hoggy says uh craig Bruby pitched also so Bruby oh, yeah. again that Calahoo, Calahoo, big uh fastball town and again so it's 60 feet six inches in major league baseball so guys are throwing 95 miles an hour some of the top pitchers in fastball can throw probably mid 80s to 88 miles an hour but you're 40 feet away wow so, so that's coming in even quicker it's coming in faster and it's rising so that's the big pitch in fastball a riser, riser yeah because you can't well you i mean if you can throw a drop ball in in fastball you it, it's a deadly pitch but it's so hard to throw because of the the mechanics of it All right the spin the spinner when you're throwing the riser you're just twisting your wrist and, it, and it, but it jumps like you just the guys that have mastered it it's just insane big fastball guy oh yeah well i can't believe how many texts we've had about fastball the rig even (laughs) says when i played junior fastball in st albert we had craig berube as the pitcher from the rig cool yeah that could be uh one of our next segments duke what do you think it's huge in alberta and saskatchewan i I played grow i played hardball minor ball and then switched to fastball when you get like to men's leagues and stuff right Yeah. yeah Delburn have a fastball team? We have what's called the Highway 21 League. So there's yeah. Delburn, Luzanne, all these little small towns yeah. along. Each each community has their own team. That's what it's all about. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, well, and we're going to get to a lot of these fastball texts tomorrow, I guess, Schlemmer, because there's right. too many to read. But uh, thanks to everybody for uh, guesting with us. And thanks for our listeners and our texters. We're going to get to a lot of these fastball ones, yeah, for sure. Spencer Love, Mark Spector, Ryan Hankel, Arash Madani, Vern Fiddler was outstanding. And our co-host every Wednesday, 9 to 11, David Schlemko. What's on tap for you, Schlemmer? More with... And you were in Hinton last night. Yeah, I was in Hinton the last couple of days, uh, working some skates with their uh, minor hockey program there. So I'm probably... Got home late last night. Mm-hmm. Gonna head home and have a nap. Have a little snooze. <laughs> Watch your other game tonight? Yeah, big one. Well, we keep saying big one. Must <laughs> win every game. So That's going to be the way it is for the rest of the year. Sure. Yeah, I think so. Uh, coming up at the top of the hour, it is Fantasy Frenzy with... Former Rochep T-Bird. Connor Halley and the Duke of Delburn at uh, noon. Uh, the lowdown, Alan Mitchell will take you to 2 o'clock where Jason Greger drives us home 2 to 6 on Sports 1440. Uh, top of the hour again, it is Fantasy Frenzy. Before that, time now for a Sports 1440 update brought to you by Michener Allen Auctioneering. The next public-timed automotive RV auction is now on view. On-site, then bid online at info.ma auctions.com. Here is the Duke.